Amen. Thank you, Derek. All right, if you want to get out your message notes, we'll uh, we'll get started. What part thirteen, I believe it is, in this uh, series that we're doing, a faith that works when when life don't. Let me get straightened out up here. I brought so much stuff with me this morning. We're going to be in the book of James. We're actually going to be ahead a little bit. We're going to be in chapter 5. We'll come back, but I just wanted to uh, to talk to you about something today and, and, and looking through the week. You know, these corona cases have gone up. Uh, like I said, we lost a couple in town yesterday. And, and uh, people, more people getting sick. And I think everyone's just tired. As I talk to people, they're just, they're just tired of, uh, being cooped up, they're tired of the the change, and a lot of folks are out of out of work, and we don't feel like being patient anymore. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We don't feel like being patient, and so everyone's tired of the mask, aren't they? I see that. Everyone's tired of social distancing, and and, and we're just impatient with the restrictions that keep it from spreading. But if we are to, to go back to some kind of normality in our life, then we're going to have to be patient. You, me, we're going to have to be patient. Like I said, today we're going to jump all the way to chapter 5, but we'll come back. Chapter 5 is a, is a classic passage on, on, on patience. On things that are taking taking longer than they should. Sometimes the greatest step of faith that you and I can take is to do nothing, but simply wait on God. Waiting when things aren't moving as fast as we'd like, aren't moving as fast as we want them to move, and that waiting takes a lot more more faith than just going out doing something impulsively. Y'all follow me? Waiting's tough. I want to read James 5, 7 through 11 to you. It says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Learning to wait patiently is one of the most difficult lessons in life. It's a mark of maturity. You see, children and immature people have a difficult time waiting. They want it now. I have a son. 
I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> Who growing up was the most impatient kid there was. Angie and Sherry took all the kids to, to that, what's that aquarium in Atlanta? Oh, George Aquarium. The George Aquarium. And there was a line, a long line of, of kids to get up in the penguin thing. And you know how the kids would take turns and they'd pop up in the bubble and it'd be like they were in the water? Well, Luke and Will was at the end of the line. Angie and Sherry turned around and they was gone. This line had hundreds of kids. They were in the back. All of a sudden, Luke and Will pop up in the middle. <laughs> he didn't want to wait for all them kids to have their time. Luke's the first one at, at lunch or supper. If there's food on the table, Luke don't feel like he needs to wait. And Nanny didn't think he needed to either. But being impatient is a mark of immaturity. They want it now. James shows us when and why and how to develop patience. When, when, when things take longer than when we think they should. Now, we spend a lot of our times, we spend a lot of our times waiting, don't we? I-75. Grocery store, doctor's office, restaurants. They test our patience. I mean, we hate to wait, especially when we're hungry. We've even invented a word for it, hangry. Hangry. We go to a, a, a restaurant, we wait to be seated, we wait to order, we wait for the meal, and then we wait for the bill. I'm sitting there thinking, and they called this guy the waiter. <laughs> I'm the one waiting today. A faith that waits patiently. This passage talks about patience and, and, and perseverance. James gives us three illustrations that we can, lessons that we can learn from the farmer, the prophet, and, and Job. And, and, and we're going to learn the first question that we're going to look at is when is waiting patiently an act of faith? Then number two, we're going to look at what should I remember while I'm waiting? Then the third question is how do I trust God while I'm waiting for something that has been delayed? Write these down. We're going to look at when waiting patiently is an act of faith. Number one, when circumstances are uncontrollable. When circumstances are uncontrollable. That applies to us right now. If we're just looking at COVID, it applies to us right now because COVID-19 is beyond our control. James 5, 7, and 8 says, Be patient, my friends, until the Lord comes back. Remember how patient farmers are as they wait for their valuable crops to mature and ripen. They also wait patiently for the spring and fall rains to do their work. You too must be patient. Don't give up because the Lord could arrive at any time. Look at the farmers, he's saying. He said, you know, they don't, they don't do any overnight crops. They don't plant the seeds and then the next morning they're there. They put them in the ground and they wait. They prune, they, 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 they weed, they, they teal, and, and all of that stuff. They water. And then eventually they harvest. Farming includes many uncontrollable factors. 
the weather, the economy, the labor, and all of that takes faith. But you know, even when we know something is uncontrollable, we still try to control it. We still try to control it. You know, how do, how do, how do we know it? How do you know if you're still trying to control it? Ask yourself this, am I worrying about it? If you're worrying about it, then you're still trying to control it. To worry about something, especially things that you can't change, is dumb. It's dumb. And to worry about something that ain't even happened yet is also dumb. It's dumb. The Bible says when we worry, we're actually trying to control the uncontrollable. And the farmer waits. He waits and he trusts God in the things that he can't control. Number two, write this down. When the truth is unpopular. Woo. When the truth is unpopular. That's when we wait patiently. When the truth is unpopular. Sometimes as a follower of Jesus, you're going to have to speak up. As a follower of Christ, you're going to have to speak up. You're going to have to tell the truth even when people don't like to hear it. You're going to have to tell the truth even when people deny it. You're going to have to tell the truth even when people don't want it. You're going to have to tell the truth even when it's unpopular. Because lots of folks, they don't, the only thing they want to hear is what they want to hear. They get upset when you speak the truth. The truth isn't always popular. Our culture, our culture wants to believe a lot of lies lies about ourselves James 10 5 11 says another example of patience in the face of suffering is God's prophets who spoke God's truth in hard times so today we honor them for their patient endurance when they suffered unjustly you see the the duty of a prophet is to get people to change their ways. The duty of a prophet was to get people to turn back to God, which meant to change their behavior. Here's the problem. People resist change. We resist change, even when it's good for them. People often resent your suggestion. And prophets dealt with unpopularity. Prophets dealt with criticism. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. That's discouraging. And, and, and the, the job of a prophet, here's the way I look at it, is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Amen? But not just tell it like it is. But tell, to tell it like it should be. To tell it like it could be. Prophets had to be patient because people don't change quickly. They don't change quickly. Well, you know who else has to be patient? Pastors. Not just prophets, pastors. You know, some people in here didn't like it a few weeks ago when I talked about injustice and, and, and racism. I got letters. Messages. But what am I supposed to do 
as a pastor. I'm supposed to speak the truth in love. I'm going to love everybody and I'm going to be patient. I'm not allowed to be impatient with anybody. You ever tried to change someone's mind that's made up? That they don't want to change it? Well, I've learned to be patient. I've seen it changed. You just, what I found out is you just don't get overheated with people just because they don't agree with you. And to be successful, you and I got to learn to be patient. Parents, to be successful parents, we gotta be, we got to be patient. We can't get overheated. We need a long fuse. Y'all get that? The first thing that Paul says about love, love is patient. We need a long fuse. And here's something else. Maybe this is for one of you. Maybe this is for half of you. According to some words I'm getting back to me, it's for every one of you, almost. Don't grumble about people while you're waiting. Don't grumble about people while you're waiting. Look what James says in 5.9. Don't grumble about each other, my brothers and sisters, or God will judge you. Remember, the great judge is coming. He is standing at the door. We need to be patient, number three. When pain is unbearable and unexplainable. When pain is unbearable. We need to be patient here when the pain's unbearable or unexplainable. You see, Job in a single day lost everything with no explanation. No explanation. It was a test. Look at James 5.11. Then remember the example of Job. Job continued to patiently trust God while enduring great pain. But we know how God fulfilled his purpose for Job and that his plan for Job ended in good because the Lord always treats us with tender compassion and merciful kindness. At the end of Job's life, God more than restored everything he had. He doubled him. And Job played in the Super Bowl of suffering, and he won. He was a committed believer who lost everything. His children were murdered. He was bankrupt. He was diseased. The only thing he had left was a nagging wife. And you think you've got problems. I think for some of you, this may mess you up even more. He had no apparent explanation. You know, a lot of us got to know why. A lot of us got to know what's going on. A lot of us got to know exactly what's going to happen later on. Job had no idea what was going on, except that he had lost everything. He hollered, why me? And check this out. For 37 chapters, God was silent. I'm not sure how long 37 chapters is, but it seemed like a long time. God was silent. God said nothing to him. But in that silence, Job hung in there. He patiently waited on God. Life ain't fair. 
Sometimes we just can't figure out our problems. And that's what Job was going through. Now, what should I remember? We're going next. What should I remember while I'm waiting on God? Number one, we are to remember that God is in control. God is in control. Three times he said here in this, he says, the Lord is coming back. Look, look at uh, verse 7. Be patient, my friends, until the Lord comes back. Verse 8, be patient and stand firm because the Lord is coming near. Verse 9, don't complain. The judge is ready to come. Why does, why does James say this? Because it's the ultimate proof that God is in control when he comes back. I'm telling you guys, history is his story. History is his story. And it's not some circle. I've heard people call it the... Oh, it's come around full circle. It's a circle of life. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> and it's not biblical. Because it's moving toward him. History is moving toward God. And he is coming back. God has a plan. And one day Jesus will return. And we don't know when that is. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The Bible talks more about the second coming than his birth. He's coming. James is saying here that nothing is beyond God's control. And God's timing is perfect. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Number two, remember that God rewards patience. He rewards patience. We consider blessed those who have persevered. It says be patient. What is it to be blessed? It means to, to build your character. When you're patient, you avoid mistakes. When you're patient, you, re you reach your goals. When you're patient and you're blessed and you're honored by others. And when you're blessed, you have happier relationships. Right? I think everyone here would like a happier relationship. All kinds of blessings and benefits when we're patient. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. And give up. You know, there are blessings to be had during this period of waiting. Whatever period of waiting you are in, COVID-19, relationships, finances, there's blessings coming in this period of waiting in, in your character, in, in, your, in your life, in your family, in our church. There's some blessings coming. But there will also be rewards in heaven too. It's as great as your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. And I know I'm right there with you. I'm only, I'm only a human being too. Sometimes you want to retaliate, don't you? I was telling Nicky the other day, I went to Dollar General to pick up some stuff. and I'm standing there. And this lady comes up on me. And I feel her breath on the back of my neck. And I take it for a while. And I thought, and I, I can just feel her breath. And I was silent for a long time. 
Then I turned around and I said, how about that corona? <laughs> but I wanted to retaliate. <laughs> but the thought came to me. Is this worth giving up my eternal rewards for? Is retaliating and being mean worth giving up some of my eternal, eternal rewards for? Is it? She got the point. <laughs> Y'all would have been proud of me. I'm a smart Ellie. <laughs> but none of this, no fit of anger is worth giving up any eternal rewards for. You don't have to defend your decisions all the time. That's what I came to. I don't retaliate because I just don't have to defend them. I finally figured out I'm most like Jesus when I don't retaliate. I think I'm more like Jesus when, when I refuse to fight back. You're a lot like Christ when, when just being quiet in the middle of a crisis. And you trust God to handle it. Amen? I left out of there and I, God, I'm going to trust you. I just didn't get the COVID, okay? Right back here. Number three. This is important here. Remember, this is not the end of the story. This is not the end of the story. We know how God fulfilled his purpose for Job, and that his plan for Job ended in good, because the Lord always treats us with tender compassion and merciful kindness. It's not the end of the story. You see, God is still working behind the scenes. Let me tell you this. I've told you this before. It's worth repeating. A delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. Many times I've been in a hurry and God ain't. Y'all ever been there? He ain't. I'm telling you, I just think the outside of a, a restaurant is bad waiting or, or in the doctor's waiting room. They're, the most difficult room to sit in is God's waiting room. That's the most difficult room. When you're in a hurry and God ain't. Here's what I know. While I'm waiting, God is working. He's working while I'm waiting. And oftentimes in ways that I can't see. You can't see them either. Philippians 2. I've got 3. But no, it's 2.13. God is at work within you. In all things, God is working for you. And my wife's favorite, I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I'll give you hope and a good future. I don't know all the problems that, that you're facing right now. But I can tell you this. God is working behind the scenes, and you need to trust him. God's working behind the scenes, and you need to trust him. You need to be patient. Patient. Last one. How do I trust God while I'm waiting? during these delays. Number one, 
Like farmers, I need to wait expectantly. How do I trust him while I'm waiting? Jim, my marriage is, is, is kind of on the rocks here. How do I wait? He's preparing for the harvest. Think about the farmer. He's preparing for the harvest. He's getting ready. He's not wondering and worrying whether it's going to grow or not. He's getting ready. He's expecting it to grow. He's getting his tools sharpened. He's getting his, his, his wheels blowed up on the combine or whatever it is. He's getting ready for the harvest because he believes it's coming. He's, he's expecting it. Psalm 135 says, I wait expectantly, expectantly, trusting God to help, for he has promised. So I got to ask you guys, what have you been waiting for God to do? What have you been waiting for God to do? Transform your marriage? Solve a financial problem? Heal a hurt? Reach someone in your family for Christ? My question to all that is, do you really expect God to do it? Do you really expect Him to do it? If you are, what are you doing right now to get ready for? What is, what is it that's showing your expectations? What, it, 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 what expectantly are you doing? What are you doing to prepare for your marriage to be transformed. You expect God to do it. It goes, my mind goes to a woman that's expecting. She got nine months before she has a baby. She starts packing a bag as soon as the little thing says positive. Then right after she packs her bag for the 19th time, we got to paint a whole room and make it a nursery. Heaven forbid if a man was pregnant. No bag, no nursery. Car out of gas. But she's expecting. So she gets ready. What I'm trying to say here, guys, is sometimes we think we're waiting on God and God's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to get expecting. He's waiting on us to prepare for the blessing. He said, Jim, you're not ready to handle the blessing I'm going to put on you. He said, Jim, you need to grow up a little first. You want your marriage transformed, then you got to get ready. You ain't ready for what I'm about to give you. Isaiah 49, 23 says, no one. Oh, listen, guys, if you're waiting, no one who waits for my help will be disappointed. Woo, yeah. That's a Dave, amen. He said, yeah, buddy. No one will be disappointed. Number two, like the prophets, I wait without complaining. I wait without complaining. Lamentations 3.26 says, it is good to wait quietly. Did y'all see that? Quietly for the salvation of the Lord. What's that mean? We need to guard our mouths while we wait. Don't blame your troubles on somebody else. 
Y'all ever hear anybody blame their troubles on somebody else? Y'all ever do that? Here's another question. Do you rise and whine in the morning? Or do you rise and shine? If you rise and whine in the morning, chances are your day's going to be ended up bad too. However you start it off, the way it's going to be. It's going to be awful. So wait, stop whining. Verse 12, if you go on and read that in your reading this week, tells us not to swear. It tells us not to swear. But some of us think it's our right to swear when we're mad and we take it out on the, the people closest to us. And it's not their fault. Your family didn't cause you to be stressed out right then, most to cause this stressful feeling. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. That ain't fair. To take it out on the ones closest to you. Number three. Like Job, I wait confidently. Confidently. We're winding up. I know y'all tired of hearing me. Job models this through his entire life here. Especially when God is silent through his pain. I think that spoke to me. More than anything, 37 chapters. Job 14, 14 says, if a man dies, can he come back to life? I will wait for better times. Oh, get that now. I'll wait for better times. I will wait till this time of trouble is ended. We need to memorize that. I'll wait for better times. Today's bad, but I'm going to wait. I, I, I'm going to be confident. There's better times coming. That's why I used to tell my kids sometimes when they get all bummed out, I said, I know one thing. After 50 years of living, tomorrow's going to be better. There'll be better times coming. Today may stink, but tomorrow's going to be better. This is going to be behind you. Guys, when the outlook is bad, we've got to look up. Don't give up. How do you express confidence in God? By being still. By being still. Many of us pray sometimes and give our problems to the Lord, then we jump up and go try to solve them. Just be still. Be still. Show up and shut up. Isaiah 40 says this Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will fly high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Woohoo! You need to recover while you're waiting on God. Sometimes just, we just need to recover. As the musicians come up, I want to tell you something. Guys, take these notes. They're, they're good notes. And, and I want you to ask this question. You know, where do you need patience today? Have you had an unexplained truth? <coughs> Go over these notes and, 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 and ask these questions. And, and, and guys, I, used to, I, I still tell my kids, I don't care what you're going through now. God is bigger than your problem. I don't care if it's a financial problem. I don't care if it's a relationship problem. God is bigger than your problem. If you've got doubts, let me tell you something. God's bigger than your doubts. He's bigger than your doubts. He's not afraid of your doubts. Bring them to him. And, and, and I guess the final thing is, is God's bigger than this COVID. He's bigger than this COVID. God is in control. He'll reward our patience. Guys, this is not the end of the story. Be patient. While we're waiting, he's working. 
Let me pray for you. My Lord and God, I thank you so much. I thank you for the quiet times and the working times. And Lord, there's folks that brought all kinds of stuff here today, I know. Folks out of work. Times is financially hard. It's taking a toll on their relationships. We men take it out on our wives and our kids. Lord, I pray that we give that to you. That we think about things, how we remember. But Lord, I pray that we meditate on, on these sermon notes this week. That we learn to be patient. Well, we love you, and it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.